Welcome back to Theory the Podcast. We are finally recording our second episode. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's only been like what, four months, five months, maybe now. No, no, almost six. <laughs> Whatever. Who knows? It could be a biannual <laughs> podcast. That's oh, why what? we've invested so much into this already. Is for. We Making sure that every never, now and then... We will never have more than four listeners. <laughs> Francis just started a uh, Spotify playlist that is supposed to be of the songs that we're going to say later. What the ironic part about that is, is it has two songs right now. We are awesome. Um, so a lot has changed, especially in the world of Harry Potter. We did talk about Harry Potter last time. So we did. We should catch you guys up on this yeah. if you didn't know. Cursed Child got a rebrand and now despite my shirt being in the old style which i prefer because i felt like it was a little bit different because you know it's a play um now the harry potter and the cursed child the harry potter part matches the movies and the books which just solidifies it as canon so all of your arguments are invalid insert night king raising the dead shimmying here and at the same time, I mean, that means that we don't have to cover the idea that Cursed Child is canon with you guys, because aside from questionable tweets, J.K. Rowling is still the point of truth when it comes to what is canon, and if she says it, it is. So, the rebrand can make the average fan know for a fact that she means business when she says it is canon. Broke. Hating on Cursed Child, woke, enjoying Cursed Child for what it is. A beautiful play that you should try to see if at all possible. Again, we realize it is expensive and a little unfeasible sometimes for people to see it. However, it is another chance to explore the world we love so much. And like I said last time, the music is incredible. Honestly, I will go on record right now because there are probably only like three listeners that <laughs> four. If- Okay, if we ever get to the point where this podcast is making money somehow, not just a little infant that we are trying to nurse to health like little Voldemort, um, I, I will 100% fund somebody going and seeing it. I would love and, that. I mean, maybe we'll come with you guys, but at the same finding time. Finding the most anti-cursed child person having a contest. Oh, I'm be so, so much down. Fun. Okay, future idea. Hey, trademark that. That's ours. No one else can have that. Okay, that was our idea. That is going to happen. Again, and feel free to not like JKR anymore. We're totally on board with all of that. Um, however. Human rights, yeah. We, we love the people, even if JK does not. However, Cursed Child is canon. So anyway. Yes. There's also a new Wizarding, Wizarding World app that I'm sure everyone that loves Harry Potter is aware of now. And it updated the um, house you are already sorted into is the weird part. Yeah, formerly known as Potterless uh, sorting quiz has changed and it's kind of hard to navigate and there's like no directions on what to do. It's just like, take this quiz. And, um, so did our houses change? Mine didn't. I'm, I'm still a Ravenclaw. That's why I'm wearing glasses today. Just so everyone knows I'm a total nerd. They're blue too. They are blue. That's true. <laughs> I did buy blue glasses. I also bought green glasses, but I'm wearing the blue ones today. Blue and gray. Oh, Look at me. Except it's um, bronze. Uh, rice. 
Rice. I'm oh, repping God. rice. Your other bird? As well, <laughs> <laughs> there are multiple birds in my life, you guys, so uh, that's a story for another day. Um, sadly, for whatever reason, my house changed, and this was in the early days when, despite clicking on the app that you wanted to stay in your original house, it still decided to change, and then I had to email the wizarding app and be like, no, 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 I want to stay in Hufflepuff. Everything turned green, because apparently I'm a Slytherin. Um, Francis, what's the whitest thing you've ever done? <laughs> you email the wizarding app and let them know that uh, you're Hufflepuff. You, you know who told Hufflepuff. me about it? People in the Binge Mode Facebook group. So, <laughs> so I again, was not the first. Shameless plug for Binge Mode. I think we did that last time. So some things are consistent even six months later. We also uh, took the whole Potterless sorting quiz at some point in the last five it months. It takes way too long. It takes so long. But my secondary house changed, which I guess is apparently correct. I was, like, super close Hufflepuff uh, Ravenclaw, and now I'm secondary Slytherin instead of Ravenclaw. So I don't know what's going on. Ravenclaw was, like, my least house this time, and I'm just Let's Let's make a callback, though, to uh, Cursed Child. Um, that means that you and Scorpius could have some sort of bond too listen i love scorpius exactly <laughs> why well, i said it i was like you would have a better chance of scorpius being your friend at least if you no one cares about albus everyone loves scorpius and you know it's true also <laughs> reminder last time we talked you also talked about how much you love draco because you had just it's gone true. to uh leaky con so been in the presence maybe of Tom we should have been seeing all this stuff coming I to am, fruition i am not a racist I just like the Malfoys, and Draco deserved a better redemption arc. That's true. I agree. And I'm not even on that team. Um, and other fun news. I went to Orlando during a hurricane. It's fine. Um, We're glad you made it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for the Bahamas, it was not great, but um, it was kind of great in terms of there were no lines at Disney or Orlando. Um, and I rode the Hogwarts Express on September 1st. So, like, what a dream, honestly. <laughs> Did you have a sorting hat on your day, on your head that day? No, I just wore my, um, house shirt from the Cursed Child. Oh, so play. you sorted yourself. No, Cursed Child, you didn't even get sorted on the 1st? No wonder why you didn't end up staying. <laughs> That's what happens. There was actually another line. If you would have gone to that line, they yeah. would have taken you to the real Hogwarts. The, the only line in Universal, I think, that day was for the Hagrid ride, and that is the only ride I didn't ride. I loved the Gringotts ride. It's so fun. Hmm. Um, and my, my bae, Bill Weasley, is is in the Gringotts ride, so. The guy that doesn't get any recognition whatsoever in the movies. A.K.A. General Hux. <laughs> and I did God, say. Star Wars now. Okay. I did say, sup, Bill slash Hux. Oh, God, of course you did. Um, well, I will say, I know you said you did, you, you wrote on it on September 1st. Um, mind you, I was born on September 3rd. So even if I would have ever gotten a, uh, a letter from Hogwarts, she would have had to wait. I would have waited a whole year. Exactly. year. I realized Just that because of it. We were talking about it a couple of months ago when I got back. I was like, "Oh my god, you would have had to wait 363 days to go to school." Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> I made the cutoff date in American and our world. Um, <laughs> By seven days, so very nice. I was always a young one in classes, you know. So 
one of our friends' birthdays is on September 1st. Would she have to wait an entire year? Probably. Oh, because you have to get the letter before the first day of term. I want to know what the cutoff is. She and I would have at least been in the same. Oh, no, she's younger than me. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> still, she would have been like two years under me instead of, oh, she kind of was still. Okay. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Not really worth the discussion. Now that we've discussed the logistic of our, of our friends going to Hogwarts. Hey, we do know that all the, um, the letters from the years right. when we were born. Oh, for sure. Would have been got, destroyed. Got majorly fucked exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> so there are other reasons why we still are waiting for our letters. Because someone <laughs> will fix that one day and we'll all get to go to Hogwarts. Right? Or Silvermorny. Yeah. Whatever. Also, we'll get into it in another podcast. But, like, there's no way there's only one North American school. There's just absolutely Maybe in the no 1920s way. or whatever. When no, that's being I said. Just don't even but, think then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wow. We have anyway. such a small sample size of wizards to choose from. God. Okay, so into our first segment about shameless pop culture consumption. And usually, eventually, we're going to get into for a week or maybe even just a month. Hopefully, we'll record this more regularly. Um, but for the past few months... My shameless pop culture consumption has been binge mode Star Wars. As we mentioned previously, binge mode is like our dream po- podcast. We we aspire to be Jason and Mal. <laughs> or a, a cooler version. Let's, let's just say that. We just want at least one third of their success. Let's For sure. I love that. 33%. Yep. Good um, number. Patrick obviously, Paul. part of that is the Mandalorian, Disney Plus in general. Um but Definitely consume that. The Mandalorian is probably one of the best things to happen to Star Wars in the past couple of years. <laughs> Ironically, more Star Wars movies have come out in the past couple of years. So uh, that's saying something. Yes. That only recently have they done anything right. And obviously the pop culture phenomenon that is Baby Yoda. And all the Baby Yoda memes. I have been posting at least one meme a day. I probably share you share since, one one meme a day since uh, since like Thursday Thanksgiving. Yeah, so. <laughs> and as a reference, it is uh, January fifteenth. In case you were wondering, so for a solid almost two months, I have posted a Baby Yoda meme a day on my nice. Instagram. And I finally story. saw the last Star Wars movie <laughs> yesterday, so it took me a little bit of time, but I'm finally caught up on all things Star Wars. They announced this week that Build a Bear is going to have a oh, baby I Yoda. I also thought Build a Bear went out of business, so that was also surprising. <laughs> <to me. laughs> I, I was like, "Wow, Baby Yoda's great," but then at the same time, I thought Build a Bear was no longer in business. So, two things I found out today, <laughs> and obviously we know it's not Baby Yoda. It's the child until we get more answers about Yoda's species, where they're from, who they are. And I also saw an article somewhere on Twitter today that said that baby Yoda could be female. Honestly, so I think my favorite meme around that, though, is the one with Samuel L. Jackson, who's like, I respectfully decline this idea. (laughs) Because let's be honest, like, you can't go 30, 40 years of us only knowing Yoda as the only Yoda and not assume we're going to call him Baby Yoda. Yes, right. he's and the, 50 years old, but at the same time, like, The other on. option is Yaddle. We're not calling it Baby Yaddle. I didn't even know that was an option. That's even worse. Yeah, exactly. There's a female green 
creature of the same species as Yoda, and her name is Yaddle, and she sits on the Jedi Council in the prequels. Um, and this is all stuff I have learned from binge mode. <laughs> dang. Honestly, let us just call him whatever you want until anything happens. Him or her, or they. We, we support everybody. For sure. Um, Give us more answers. We just need more answers before you start judging our life decisions, okay? Like... It's Baby Yoda it's for Baby now. Yoda for right now, <laughs> and we are here for it, okay? And if we have to wait until fall for season two of Mando to give us some answers, or who knows, maybe it's three years from now in season five, whatever. I will say, him <laughs> taking off his helmet was super anticlimactic. Yeah. Because his helmet hair was so bad that I was just <laughs> like, hmm, this whole time you've been like sending this really masculine energy off into the world, and then you take off the helmet and it's like, no. Not really I mean, interested. How many showers does the man take? Well, he takes off the helmet every day to eat, so he could have taken a shower during that time too. Like, I'm sorry. Wait, what? We're just gonna overlook personal hygiene just because he's in a costume all the time? No, I completely reject that theory. Okay, and that's a small theory. Okay, I'm going to maybe in a later episode I'll talk how Mandalorian is probably able to shower on a daily basis. Stay tuned. It's gonna be a really short episode because he's a human. Okay, that's what humans do or whatever planet he's from he just takes a shower because otherwise he lifts up his arms and he doesn't like it okay thank you and good night this has been kate's ted talk (laughs) um my other uh pop culture consumption was uh his dark materials i am more than halfway through the golden compass and have been for a while and just can't make myself finish reading it because i'm so tired at night audible audible yeah, but I listen to podcasts. Audible does not support this podcast. We, I just support Audible. We would we would love Audible to support us. Um, but I I was trying to finish the book before I finished watching the show. I had watched the first like three episodes, and I was getting into territory where I knew what I was getting to the end of where I'd read. But I finally just over Christmas was like, nope, I need to watch it. Um, it's incredible. It's amazing. I highly recommend. Can't wait for future seasons. HBO and BBC working together. I mean, what else could you want? Yeah, I, I have not watched that, so I'm going to let all of our opinions of this podcast be based off of you. <laughs> I um, do know that uh, great cast. Great cast. Yes. Just based off the players. Next is Little Women. I have seen that. It's incredible. It's so good. Um, Oscar noms came out this week, and I'm really upset that... Greta Gerwig did not get nominated for Best Director. I think most people are upset that there were no women directors nominated, despite there being more female-directed movies this year. Isn't there only since, like, the Oscars started, there were only five women directors nominated ever? Probably something I think ridiculous. I saw that stat online. I mean, I might be wrong. Obviously, we don't fact-check that much, you guys. Sorry. We, we well, do, I'll do some more research We do on. for our theories. On our theories, totally different <laughs> situation. But in this little banter and dialogue here that we're having, I, I, yeah. I did not do this. Um, obviously, Saoirse Ronan got nominated for Best Actress. But what surprised me very happily was the Supporting Actress nomination for Florence Pugh, who plays Amy. Um, Dating I, Zach Braff. Kind of weird. Huh. I'm all here for it. <laughs> but she's beautiful, and I've seen so many people on Twitter be like, Florence Pugh made me, like, sympathetic towards Amy. So, real quick, though, (laughs) 
how much do you know of Florence Pugh's background in other movies? She was in Midsummer, and there's no way in hell I'm watching it. She was also in The Witch. Not watching that. Not going to watch that one either. <laughs> and um, she was in Fighting with the Family. I do want to see that. That one was fantastic. She was great in that one. I was going to say, the whole cast on that was incredible, because Lena, Dun- Lena Dunham, Lena Headey's in yeah, it. Yeah, she is, yeah. Cersei! Oh, we love. Um, also, just off- offhand, I'm a Meg. I took a BuzzFeed quiz. I'm a Meg. Thanks for sharing that with me. Also. Honestly, let's be honest, I'm a Joe. Oh, for sure. I'm definitely a Joe. Um, and I'm 88% sure Colleen Ballinger is pregnant again right now. She released a new Miranda video today about how Miranda wants to get pregnant. And she's mm-hmm. been dropping some hints the past, like, three weeks that she could be pregnant. And I'm just, I'm here to make an 88% bet that she will announce her pregnancy in mid-March. So we're going into betting territory now in this podcast? Good gosh. We go the whole gamut here. Gambling, here. sports, exactly. pop culture. We're going to do it all here. We have not narrowed down our scope whatsoever. We are now betting on YouTube stars. Did not see that one coming. Okay, I know she has a Netflix special too. Okay, but at the same time, pretty much all YouTube related. But, okay, that's cool. Um, what are your uh, pop uh, culture? Pot, past for a few months, obviously, like I said. I've also done the whole binge mode thing. I mean, the Star Wars thing. Um, I just caught up on, on the last one. I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I'm still kind of processing. I might need to watch a second one before we actually get into that conversation, and I might have to catch back up and, like, kind of, like, as much of a commitment this as this would be is really rewatch everything and then rewatch it and see if I can kind of, like, maybe get some of those Easter eggs that might make it a little bit more enjoyable. That's the thing I think that we've loved so much about Mandalorian mm-hmm. is Mandalorian has so many Easter eggs that even, like, the casual fan like me of Star Wars can really enjoy, so... That's something that I've definitely uh, consumed. Uh, the other thing is, and Francis is completely anti this, but... I am so off, not on this train, y'all, one bit. I just said y'all. That's how excited I am about this. This uh, little Montana BB. We have Pilot Pete now as part of The Bachelor, and uh, I'm here Apparently for it. Apparently he fucked four times in a one. He did. Let's give him some credit for that, okay? That is quite the accomplishment. Um... We really think about it. It's like, okay, look. It's more than I fucked in a windmill. Okay, let's be honest, too. We just talked about Little Woman, okay? Like, uh, I can't even remember his name, but the guy in that. Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet's who I got fully on board with Um, during Little Women. He was interested in... Four diff- or three different women in the same family. Like, at least Pilot and the, Pete fucked the same person in the windmill. Like, he did the not like time. the fourth one because she was dying. Yeah, literally. Okay, that was a little creepier. So, um, I'm here for Pilot Pete. Uh, one of the things that happened in the first episode is the previous bachelorette, Hannah, came back. Um, she's the one that he fucked four times in the windmill. We said fuck a lot in this episode. We're gonna have to add an explicit warning, but, um... I already added he it, don't worry. He is definitely um, the one that she kind of, like, dropped out of nowhere because they literally had just announced that they had so much sex. And um, she came back twice in the first episode. And then they keep on showing this whole scene of his mom crying, being like, go and get her, bring her back to us, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay... The parents have only really met two people because for some reason in the first episode they decided to have 
uh, a vowel renewal ceremony where he vowel renewal yeah about sorry. <laughs> guys sorry about that we'll put that on a t-shirt or something like that in the future um a vowel renewal ceremony for his parents where he served as the person uh conducting the ceremony and uh this was his first one-on-one date is taking some woman to go meet his parents and his entire family i can't even remember her name because i'm really a passive fan until the very end and um he did that and so it's his parents can really have only really created a a connection with hannah or this person and like there was this whole thing with the timing because like she came back on one episode and started crying in front of him and that was in the first episode that they carried over to the second one because everything's all about the cliffhanger in bachelor world it's the most dramatic season ever you guys but is someone gonna jump over a fence um Fortunately, not because that I was, was I was in on jumping over the fence. I mean, I I was in on it, but it's the whole thing that actually mattered the most about that season was he jumped over the fence after the girl he wanted left, and then he went after her and broke all the rules of Bachelor. So it's like that's why the whole thing with his mom crying is kind of the scene where you're like, why would his mom have any emotional connection if it was just where he wasn't really connected with that person and all that kind of stuff so i think the whole thing is honestly timing of the bachelor as well as with dancing with the stars i do not watch dancing with the stars don't judge me you guys okay and um i'm more interested in dancing with the stars i don't watch it but i'd rather watch it than the bachelor uh, so (laughs) no but real talk so the whole thing that's crazy is that literally i think and i've seen some speculation of this is that he's going to choose hannah but it's going to be only after she wins Dance with the Stars, because spoiler alert, that happened last month. Um, and so she's going to win Dance with the Stars that finished right around the time when he was supposed to have selected his girl. And I think it's going to be where he decides that, like, no, the person that honestly I want to spend the rest of my life with, who now can spend the rest of my life with me, is Hannah. And so I'm going to go back and get her. So... I'm sorry, I can't marry you. I need to win Dancing with the Stars Hey, good. That's the most feminist thing ever. He invited her to live back in the house again as a contestant. After Is he allowed to do that? Apparently he can. He did it. So I'll I mean, a- Chris Harrison lives for drama. Dude, we all Chris know Harris- that. Chris Harrison is from Dallas, and he's a Cowboys fan, so we should all support him. Um, his child is going to TCU, so 100% on board with Chris okay, Harrison. Okay, so Go Chris Brocks. Harrison... Um, <laughs> If you want to support us, come on our podcast anytime you're in Dallas. You know one of my friends, so uh, he was one who wants to be a millionaire with you. So, cool, cool. Anyways, that is my that pop is Kate's culture consumption. Fifteen minutes on The Bachelor. Really, really. You've always had like four of these things. I thought we were just going to put one, and you have like a list. I'm like, oh gosh. It's okay. because we haven't recorded in almost six months. Uh, if we go back to the previous script, you also had four things because the Little Woman trailer had come out. Uh, there was... we've come full circle. Oh wait, what about your girl? Think about your girl, Simone. Yeah, you didn't recognize her again in the pop culture moment. She got AP Sportswoman exactly. of the Year. So Such a badass. We, we we're going to applaud her because um, with that, Frances did say she's the best athlete she's ever seen. And so that was once again, God, your betting is on fire. You basically predicted it back in August. All right. So. And Serena won her first title as a mom, and it's like the first one. Now she's won a title in four decades. She's also a badass. I do not recommend reading her husband's book, though. It was really bad. All right. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Let's go to your theory. Like, I think we've talked a lot about this other stuff, so. 
Let's go. Okay. Let's dive into Game of Thrones identities. So clearly at the beginning of this episode, we talked about my identity crisis within Harry Potter houses. Um, I have a theory. The waif doesn't exist because drumroll. Arya is the waif. In the theme of identity crisis, I posit that Arya and the waif are one and the same. Before I dive into my supporting, it's not fully evidence because I obviously can't ask <laughs> George R. R. Martin what the truth is. He's busy. He, he should be anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before I dive in, I want to make a disclaimer and potential trigger, trigger warning. Um, I'm not a psychologist, but I do love psychology. I started college as a psych major. And then my professor was really boring, so I I passed failed psychology. Um, But I think psychology is fascinating, and I'm not a trained professional at all. So we are examining a fictional character that does not exist in the world, potentially two, but I think it's one. Isn't it amazing how sensitive our world is that we have to put so much disclaimers? But we're not, not, obviously you guys are listening to us, so we appreciate you guys, but it's a weird world. This is all purely my speculation about Arya and the Waif and who they are or who they aren't. Um, So don't use what I'm saying because I'm not using full uh, definitions and full facts because otherwise if we got into the full research in Game of Thrones, I could still be looking this up 10 years from now. And real talk, (laughs) just to kind of uh, give you guys some idea of the design of this, is we don't have... A shared document with this so Francis is going to be telling me this theory but I'm going to be reacting um, as she goes because we want our we don't want it to sound too scripted where it's like oh my god what makes you think that though because that's just honestly little, so dumb yeah so I'm like you guys this I'm going into this blind so let's have fun so my theory is that Aria has dissociative identity disorder the waif is supposed to be a faceless man and nobody. So why does she hate Arya so much? And I mean, obviously we know she hates her. Yeah. Um, a lot of the only other faceless man we really know is Jockin and he's pretty super chill and zen and like he wants to teach Arya the ways, but also he's not like trying to kill her in the middle of the street. <laughs> and he doesn't really try to punish the other, the waif. No. For anything the waif does. Correct. So it definitely has more of a, a situation where he almost seems like he is somewhat of a witness. Mm-hmm. So the waif has very strong emotions towards Arya, jealousy, hatred, disbelief, other major negative feelings. Um, obviously they're in some sort of competition for Jockin. Um, to teach them more, to learn more, to become better than the other. And a little competition's always good, but you don't have to necessarily fully hate someone to be in competition with them. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a Gary Patterson art brow situation. Like, Wow, a TCU <laughs> reference, you guys. You, you have come to the right podcast for your TCU consumption as well. Art brows are a trash human. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, Mayo Clinic says dissociative disorders are mental disorders that involve experiencing a disconnection and lack of continuity between thoughts, memories, surroundings, actions, and identity. Um, So there's three dissociative disorders, but we're focusing specifically on dissociative identity disorder, formerly known as multiple personality disorder, um, characterized by switching to 
alternative identities. Hmm. You may feel presence of two or more people talking or living inside your head, and you may feel as though you're possessed by other identities. Each identity may have a unique name, personal history, and characteristics, including obvious differences in voice, gender, mannerisms, and even physical qualities as the need for eyeglasses, which goes into the waif can see and Arya, they make Arya go blind for part of it. Oh, um, that's an interesting connection for yeah. sure. There are also differences in how familiar each identity is with the others. So obviously the waif and Jockin have a little bit more history than Arya and Jockin. Arya and Jockin have a different type of history, that kind of thing. So would the idea then be that Arya's been there for longer as the waif, and that's why Jockin has a relationship already with the waif? Potentially. Huh. We don't know how long she was selling those oysters, oysters clams, and cockles. Yeah, we have done the Game of Thrones <laughs> trivia. That's why Francis knew all three of them for an extra five points. Uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness says uh, dissociative identity disorder is characterized by an involuntary escape from reality, characterized by a disconnection between thoughts, identity, consciousness, and memory. Um, the Alliance on Mental Illness also says, and this is wild, this kind of blew my mind, up to 75% of people experience at least one depersonalization, derealization episode in their life with only 2% meeting the full criteria for chronic episodes. Women are more likely than men to be diagnosed Ooh. with a dissociative disorder. So guess what, guys? Take that split. You chose the wrong gender. That <laughs> shouldn't have gone to James McAvoy. It should have gone to a female. Sorry, guys. Remember that whole Greta Gerwig thing? Mm-hmm. Gerwig, is that her last name? Yeah, we love Greta. Okay, good. I was just making sure it wasn't... We love both Greta's. A different gra- we Greta. love actual both Greta's. Aww. <laughs> just Aww, a random... Look at that. <laughs> just a random... Ironic. <laughs> just a random sidetrack. Um, so, obviously, we know Arya has seen some shit since she left Winterfell back in season or book one, depending on how you consumed A Song of Ice and Fire. It's possible that all of the trauma she's experienced, especially since her father's very public beheading and then being on the run for about three years, has caused her to dissociate and create another personality in order to protect herself. So when Arya was working with Jockin and requesting those names, she may have also been partially the waif, and that may be part of where the waif and Jockin's relationship comes from, too. Don't know. I think we've got some good support evidence. Um, part, Definitely. Part of being a faceless man, in my opinion, means you have to dissociate willingly to a point. Um, obviously, when Arya meets Jockin on the road, I don't remember where she was, but she was somewhere. Um, I think she's already in the process of her dissociation. Okay. Which, again, going back to what I just said, She's requesting Jockin to kill these people while they're on the road. Whereas Arya, the other time, she's cupbearer to what's-his-face on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in the books, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I read them and didn't want to reread all I of the Song the of books. Ice and Fire did not for read this. Um, but we don't know what she's doing in that other time. Is, has she already dissociated? Is she creating the wave personality? Is she spending more time with Jockin? Do we think that there's any other personalities that she comes across during her travels that we could almost say 
are also similar to. Obviously, she's told to tell people that she's a boy and her name is Ari. Right. So that could be a, a mini personality within there. It's almost what it kind of could create this kind of ability is mm-hmm. because she is so used to obviously putting away her stark identity. Right. And instead traveling as someone else that it could almost, I don't know, like create the perfect grounds for her to cre- do uh, to actually be have a dissociative Mm -hmm. disorder. And so from the A Song of Ice and Fire wiki about faceless men, faceless men are trained to relinquish relinquish their former identities and become no one, which allows them to become an entirely different person. Sound familiar? does until the last season, but that's okay. Um, So you're saying, but Arya and the Waif physically fight each other. How can Arya fight herself if she is the Waif? Well, to you, I say, haven't you ever battled your own personal demons? Oh, God, all the time. (laughs) Again, from the Song of Ice and Fire wiki, at first the waif constantly outmaneuvers Arya, repeatedly knocking her to the ground. But eventually Arya manages to respond and defends herself with her own fighting stick to the point where the waif becomes visibly distressed. So we know Arya was taking water dancing lessons and learning to fight a certain way with her sword. Right. When she goes to the House of Black and White to become a faceless man, she's forced to give up her Arya Stark possessions. We know she hides her needle, her sword needle out by the rocks in the bay, wherever. Um, so who's to say she's not trying to fight the waif as a water dancer in the beginning and finally just learns to fight like a savage which is how i feel like the waif was kind of fighting yeah so do you almost think that then she combines that like kind of like that personality with her personality like overcoming it she learns that that's like something that she's always had inside of her that's kind of how i feel it's a little superhero-ish and again i'm not a psychologist so i don't know you know i've it's okay because this world doesn't exist either. Right, so it's a it's a fantasy world, so we're not saying psychology is totally beholden to it. Right, but um, we find some of our favorite characters often have real, real life, flaws yeah. and real life uh, like psychology traits that allow us to actually have an understanding. So even your description of her having to battle a demon, you think about it in your own way, where it's like I have something that I want to overcome. And it's sometimes in convincing myself that is honestly the hardest part of that challenge. Very cool. And then, obviously, we know Arya leaves the Faceless Men. She completes her training. She kills the Waif. Um, Or we could say she bests her personal demons. And from the wiki again... She abandoned the guild afterwards as Jokin had ordered the waif to kill Arya and she was unwilling to surrender her identity. So Arya remained Arya, but obviously we know she carried on some of the faceless man training because then she goes and and kills Filch, a.k.a. Walter Frey, by feeding him his children. It's fine. (laughs) So do you think that Jokin really did want the waif to win? Because she was already more no one than Arya, potentially. But we also don't know that that was just Jockin pushing Arya to fulfill her destiny. What do the Faceless Men know? We don't know everything about the Faceless Men. 
do we really credit the Game of Thrones producers with the ability I mean, no. to... They forgot things. <laughs> I, I'm like, I really, like, while I'm listening to this, I'm like, yeah, this is such a really good way of making the Waif have a real purpose. Because I think that some of the frustration fans had towards the last season is that, especially, like, last episode, like, Arya already always had a purpose in her life. She was always going towards something... And when she did become no one, it was definitely a moment where we saw almost a more violent side of her that then just dissolved in the last episode where she had the opportunity that she's been fighting for the entire series. And then all of a sudden she just switches to something else. No, I'm going to survive. I'm not going to kill Cersei. It's fine. What? Who are you? Literally. (laughs) All we've heard is that she has a list and like a Taylor Swift song. She just wants to... There's one name in red underlined at the very top. And um, she could then have it be where she has so much control over these personalities at that point. Where she chooses to not let the wave side of her take over. Very interesting theory. So if you're interested in learning more about dissociative disorders, I will link my sources from... NAMI and Mayo Clinic in the episode description. Again, do not use this information to diagnose yourself or anyone around you. This is That's very, good. very serious stuff. Um, For if, more in- information on it, in a uh, entertainment purpose, you can see the movie Identity with John Cusack or the movie Split with James McAvoy as, recon- as recognized earlier. And honestly, if you read these and think you may have these symptoms call a doctor again do not diagnose yourself do not diagnose someone around you that is not your job if you're not a psychology major I mean psychologist what am I talking about if you are not a therapist or have studied psychology in depth do not diagnose people (laughs) that is not your job (laughs) once again this is a podcast about pop culture not about science nope alrighty Well, that was a great theory. Um, I think it is a good one for us to use as our first real theory um, because we do care so much about Game of Thrones. And we've kind of, because the last episode was so long ago, this kind of allows the ability for us to kind of think about the different things that we've complained about or anything along those lines since then. But I think that you bring up an interesting idea that we should all think about. And if you have any suggestions, you can always tweet us or uh, email us through our website. Uh, all that those sources will also be available on our website. So, citations. Nerds. <laughs> Okie doke. Well, let's play our song game. Um, just for you who don't remember because it's been so long. Basically, I believe that there is a song for every situation. And with that, it is more or less like, quote unquote, like the soundtrack of your life right now. So like the question is, is almost like, hey, how is your life going? And with that, um, what song would you set to your life as you walk through it and everything along those lines? So um, Francis knows this about me is I just recently joined a women's working area. And so with that... I have, it's a really cool area, honestly, like, 
it's kind of like a WeWork, but you don't have to be a company in order to join it because we're just one person working remotely in Dallas right now. Um, but, oh yeah, guess what, you guys? I'm back in Dallas. <laughs> the last episode, I was in Montana. Yeah, we were, so on, the, we were on FaceTime I last totally, time. We're actually sitting across from each other yeah. this time. <laughs> so, like, basically, now I'm back in Dallas. And so... Because it's freezing in Montana. It is freezing in Montana. Um, it was 80 degrees in Dallas today. It, yeah, it The was middle awesome. of January. <laughs> I actually still wore a jacket because I thought it was supposed to rain, too, but... Anyways, so back in Dallas, uh, I've been working at this area that is called Her HQ. It's pretty cool. Not um, sponsored, but I mean, no, if not they sponsored. want to. I mean, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we might record an episode there and we'll let you know when we're in Her HQ, you guys. And like, I'll be honest, like, I'm not necessarily like a feminist with a capital F. I'm a feminist, obviously, because I'm a female. Um, but at the same time with that, I've been able to work with around like other women in the space. They have really cool events and things along those lines. So I'd say that the soundtrack to my life right now, ironically, is also in this, the movie's bodyguard, but, um, it's Whitney Houston. <laughs> and yes, I have no idea why, but I'd say like, I'm every woman basically. Like I feel like this empowered feeling <laughs> of my life and, I promise you I don't even have that song <laughs> downloaded in my phone, but at the same time, like, that's the song that when I thought about it, like, what do I feel like right now? The fact that I've been going to a women's working area uh, while I do my job um, is definitely where I do. Ironically, also the soundtrack to, or on the soundtrack to The Bodyguard, so. Don't worry, guys, I just silently danced. Oh, she did, <laughs> and I did everything I could to keep my point going, because <laughs> it was almost as good as her shimmying as the, as the Night King also, so. Uh, what about you, Francis? Since it has been a hot minute, and you just described a soundtrack, <laughs> I have two songs. Of course. And I think Ari... Remember that whole moment where Francis got mad at me for having a 15-minute bachelor rant? And it was like my one pop culture thing after she had just gone through a list. Once again, one song for Kate. Here are Francis's two songs. I think Aria would listen to both of these and just be like, yeah, man. Okay, so I have a... I think most jobs stay consistently busy. You may have a little bit of a slow period. I work in a job where I have a very busy period and things overlap in the fall. And so one day in November, I listened to The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson on repeat for four hours. Just that song. Listen, if you are pissed off and you just need some Marilyn Manson in your life, The Beautiful People is one of his best songs. And you can at me because I will argue this on my hill and die on this hill. Um, but uh, I've never heard that song before in my entire life. You 100% have heard it. Uh, You've heard the ugly, awful Christina Aguilera version in Burlesque. Nope. You have not seen Burlesque? I have not seen Burlesque. Okay, I thought well. you were about to say, uh, <laughs> what do you call it, Moulin Rouge, and I was like, yes! And then I was like, no, never mind, okay, I do not know Burlesque. I well, again, I'm that. going to educate Kate on some music after this. <laughs> Once um, again, I feel like this happened last episode, too. Totally Ironically, did. I did not hear the song that Frances mentioned Even there. though I texted it to her. <laughs> Guys, I cannot do some sort of dance to uh, this Mar Marilyn Manson song <laughs> interpretively know. right no, now. No, you so. couldn't. Um, and then this week, I have... Um, been listening to all of the Billie Eilish catalog. I'm obsessed with this little 18-year-old precious baby and just wish the best for her, but I love her song, Bury a Friend. And um, that is that has the lyrics, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? So, 
the only thing I know about Billie Eilish in general. I mean, I know she has green hair, but is there is, I think Vanity Fair has interviewed her every year. Three years in a row. (laughs) Yeah, three years in a row. And it really is an interesting thing just seeing... They also, like, at the same time showed, like, what her Instagram followers were at each given point because they asked her to mm-hmm. look up that stuff. And it was a really fascinating, like, look into someone's life because then she's watching herself get interviewed and reacting to it also, which is really cool because you just don't normally get that glimpse into someone's life. And so given how big she is, even though I honestly couldn't name a single song because I listen to podcasts, you guys. I don't listen to music. Um... She is some sort of pop culture icon, along with Lizzo, that every single person... Oh, we also went to the Jonas Brothers concert. I know yes, this is a total did. side note. It's but still music. every single person there knew the words to the Lizzo song that played. I don't know the name of the song. I don't know the words to the song. I think it's in a commercial, because most of her songs are. But at the same... No, no, it was the one that she screamed at, uh, or... We can, about... we can put this on our Instagram because I definitely took a video of it. Oh, okay, cool. So we'll put it on our Instagram. Um, and so, but anyway, so we went to Jonas Brothers and Lizzo is now this huge thing that everybody cares about. And once again. To give a little bit more context, there was a DJ after the openers before. After Phil, uh, no, Jordan McGraw, who if you don't know Dr. his dad, Phil's is Phil McGraw. Son. Exactly. We got photos with him. We'll put those on Instagram he, too. He is not ugly. <laughs> and Yeah, but he's a little bit too invested in his ex-girlfriend because he wrote a song about her and how she cheated on him. And it's just like, yo, I don't think your dad would find that healthy. Taylor, Anyways. Taylor Swift does the exact same thing. Yeah, but she's been doing it since she was 13, so there's obviously stunted growth. He still goes to his dad every single moment he can because it's his dad. Taylor Swift's parents owned a Christmas tree farm, okay? If she's not celebrating Christmas, we have a problem. But if you have, like, like, kept in feelings about your ex to the point where, like, the only song you seem to dance around to, like, a lot was the one about, like, saying, like, leave me and all that kind of stuff. Like, we should just be friends, I think is what it's called. Um, And your dad is Dr. Phil, who literally every episode tells people that they need to work on themselves. I want you to get excited about your life. We made um, really good friends with the girls behind us in the line. And I did that in my best Jenna Marbles impression of impersonating Dr. Phil. And they laughed hysterically. They probably had no idea me. that Jenna Marbles was any kind of inspiration. They just thought you did it. So Maybe, but the all they knew who Shane Dawson was, and this was during Shane Dawson's release of the the conspiracy palette, which I own. Once again, okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. So anyways, <laughs> we should wrap up, okay? So um I wanna thank Frances for creating a great first real episode because she wrote the script for this one and I was flying blind, you guys. I could have taken off my glasses and literally been flying blind, but probably don't want that. Um, But what do you guys think? Do you agree with her theory? Do you disagree? Do you have more proof that supports her theory? Because, I mean, she could always write and make a PhD out of this whole stuff. That's what we're kind of trying to do here, is if we get enough excitement (laughs) towards one theory, who knows? We're going to get our PhDs, you guys, on that one topic. Literature PhDs. We kind of want George R. R. Martin to finish the series, though, if we're going to do that. But, George. Anyways. Why are the banes of pop culture's existence all named George? Who's the other ones? Lucas. Oh, yeah, that guy, too. 
once again, did not ever say anything about what Yoda was, and then all of a sudden the world gets mad at us for calling Baby Yoda Baby Yoda. Be quiet. Hush up. Anyway, do you have another theory for us to investigate? Keep the conversation going. Visit us on Twitter at Pod Theory or send us a line from our website, theorythepod.com. We're also on Instagram at theorythepod. And we look forward to continuing this dialogue with you in future episodes. Woo! This episode is hosted by Kate Chera and And Francis Key. Key. Oh, you're going to say your name? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Okay, (laughs) cool. Theory is produced by Kate Chera and Francis Key. I appreciate you putting my name first. (laughs) It's alphabetical. And oh yeah, it's edited by Francis because Kate has no time. And uh, Francis has a nicer computer, even though ironically Kate used to work at Apple. So Kate helped me get my computer, guys. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, um, and maybe we have music, maybe we don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we have to figure out GarageBand. Um, did not ever go to the workshop at the Apple store to learn about GarageBand. So if we create something, we create something. And maybe we'll put it in later or else uh, we'll just put it in the show notes. <laughs> because that's what people do, you guys. <laughs> Anyways, have a good one. We will talk to you later. We'll see you later. Bye.